Hello friends, welcome to Where's Wilmington. As you can see, I have some very distinguished guests with me today. I have Paul Shalafor, who is a retired police officer, also a history buff. We're going to talk a little bit about that. And Matt Stavro, recently promoted to sergeant. How recent? Uh, 2019. All right, so not super duper recent, but recent enough. And today we're going to talk about the history of protecting and serving and policing in Wilmington. Where we've gone, where we're going, what's next, all that fun stuff. So I'm going to start with you, Paul, first to get a little bit of background on your involvement with the police department and the book you've written and some other things that are going to make it interesting to us as to the 150 years <laughs> of protecting and serving. Sure. So I, I first became interested uh, in history a long time ago right. when I was a child. I've always been uh, I've always been interested in uh, general history and military history and uh, subjects like that. But my specific interest in the town and in the uh, police department history came about probably close to 25, 30 years ago. I had just started in 1986 and um, on display in the, in the uh, old police station that uh, has since been demolished and where the parking lot of the current public safety building is, uh, they had several photographs on display that were from the 1930s and 1940s and I always took a keen interest in them and one in particular was a photograph, a group photo of the police department from 1930 that was taken by a local photographer named Mildred Holt who used it in a souvenir publication for the town's bicentennial. She took pictures of around the town and all the different town departments and this one in particular showed the police officers gathered together and standing aside of their 1934 police cruiser, their f very first police cruiser. Right. And really from that point on, I really became interested in the history of the police department and really started digging into it and trying to find out as much as I possibly could about where it all began. Right. And you know, right up until the point where we are right now, okay. 150 years later. I know, wow. And Matt, you sort of have been instrumental in bringing our focus and awareness to the 150 years. Tell us the story of how you figured out that we were at this point. Uh, so I think it was last, last year I was on patrol and I saw that the library had signs out that it was, uh, they were celebrating their 150th anniversary. And so I was wondering, well, when's ours? And right. Uh, so on our department website, we have a, a history of the police department that Paul had written. And I went and looked and I said, oh, ours is, ours is in 2022. So I uh, sat down with the chief and we reached out to Paul and said, let's do something uh, to really commemorate our, our 150 years as a police department uh, serving this community. Cool. Now, I understand that you dressed for the occasion. We appreciate that. But there's something special about what you're wearing today. Let's tell the folks at home. Sure. Some of the things, uh, one of the first things we did for the anniversary uh, was we designed a uh, new patch and a badge uh, that our officers are wearing for this year only. Uh, so it's something special that our active duty uh, officers are all wearing this badge, which has their ID number on it. Uh, it is based on a, a badge we uh, had discovered that came from the early 1900s. It's the oldest known badge that we're aware of. Wow. Uh, so it was based on that. Uh, all, that badge was also given to all our living retirees. Uh, and also our patch, uh, we, we put out a contest to the community uh, to submit patch designs. Uh, we received, I think, close to 50. Wow. Uh, we had a department-wide vote, and we narrowed it down to five. 
the chief selected uh, the one he liked the best out of the, those top five, um, and that's what we did. It was a local resident uh, that, that designed this, this patch, which is nice, uh, and we're wearing those for this year only. Wonderful. Are there any other celebrations or things of note that we should be aware of in the community? Sure. We did a, um, earlier this year, we, had, we commemorated Police Officers Memorial Day. Uh, we had a ceremony at the station, uh, which we've, we've never done before. Uh, Peace Officers Memorial Day is held nationally uh, on the 15th of May. Uh, we had ours a couple of days before, and we honored all deceased Wilmington officers, as well as uh, three officers who, who resided in town that were killed in line of duty. Uh, Woburn Officer Jack McGuire, uh, MIT Officer Sean Collier, and right. Mass, Mass Trooper Tom Devlin, uh, and we invited their departments to attend. Uh, we're also, uh, as part of that, we're, we're uh, putting out 150 years of stories uh, on our website and on our social media, and Paul is writing those. He's digging through the archives, uh, finding stories, uh, things that happened in over those 150 years, bootlegging and murders and might be simple things of uh, the history of the Honor Guard or the history of... Uh, um, uh, some of our newer officers, uh, the K-9 program he's working on. So that's one of the things we're also doing. And then we're going to wrap it up with a uh, department uh, gala dinner, uh, which we're currently working on now. Uh, luckily, we have uh, Laura Ahern, one of our lieutenant's wives. She's kind of taking the lead and helping us uh, plan a, a, a formal dinner uh, for all the members of the department to sit down and and close out our 150th celebration. That will be something. Can you imagine all the stories? Paul, I hope you're going to be there so you can get all this recorded. If I'm invited, <laughs> I will be there for sure, yes. So, Paul, this is a broad-ended question because I, I know that you've got a lot of things to tell us. How do you feel the police department has changed since you were on the force up to now that we have Matt, who's more current? Well, Matt's been on the, the police department for, for many years now, right. so he is a uh, he is a veteran officer, and uh, he has um, obviously experienced things differently from when I got on. I got on thirty you know thirty six years ago now. Right. I've been retired for three years now. Right. It's it's really kind of uh, flown by. It it uh, three years ago this month actually. On uh, August 30th of 2019, I walked out the door, and it's really, you know, it's really changed in just that short period of time. They've hired many new officers there, um, several of them, which I really don't really know that well. Right. I've, I've met them, you know, br on brief occasions, but a lot has changed. But I would, I would probably say the most significant thing that comes with the uh, passage of time is the aspect of training. Really? And I would have to say that um, the training since I, since I was hired has, uh, has uh, expanded exponentially to include um, hours upon hours upon hours of training every single calendar year for each individual officer. Um, I remember when I got on, and I'm not knocking how things were done then, but this is how they were done. I walked in the door, I put my uniform on, and I went out on patrol. And I hadn't been to a police academy yet. I didn't go to a police academy until almost three months after I 
after I walked in the front door. Was that usual for that era? In, in that particular era, yes, yeah, it, it was. It okay. was, and it was not, it was not to say that they were being lax in it. It was how uh, the mechanics of the state and municipal governments worked at that particular mm -hmm. time. Now the department is, uh, is an accredited department. Um, it, there are offices that, ha that are highly trained and skillful in particular fields. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a concept that, you know, obviously if you've watched uh, the news over, over the past several years, you, you know, you know, what is going on out in, out in, uh, in society right. as far as police and community relations go. And to have a highly trained and, and, and highly uh, in tune uh, police department is, is a key to being a successful police department. Definitely true. And, you know, this, this Wilmington Police Department obviously has gone in that particular route under the direction of past chiefs right up until uh, Chief Joe Desmond. Right. Who was, you know, really, you know, we wouldn't be able to do this aspect of it if it wasn't available to have that type of department true. there. I very mean, this true. is this is very fun that what we do. It's 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 kind of light. It's kind of um, you know it, it it's really not uh, it, it's not a really in depth thing as far as department operations go. Right. But we certainly wouldn't be able to do it if we if the department hadn't grown over those 150 Correct. years to tell these stories. Very so. good point. And Matt, how do you feel the social media piece plays a role in what you do? I know you were instrumental in creating the National Night Out that we have. Uh, I know now that you're a sergeant, you're probably doing some different things, but you also do the social media and content still, correct? I do, I do a lot of the social media yeah. uh, and our website. And social media has been a game changer in law enforcement. Um, in, in multiple ways, uh, it, it allows us to project what we're doing to the community, uh, allows people to see what we're doing, to kind of see our officers. Um, but it also gives the opportunity for the community to feel like they know us better. Uh, we, but it also, as we all know with social media, people like information right away. Right. Uh, so when, when, when something happens and I'm on my days off, I know something's happening because I'll start getting messages or I'll, I'll start reading on the Wilmington Community Board, what's going on on this street? What's, right. what's happening now? Um, and if it's, you know, if, it's, if it's urgent enough, we'll, we'll put something out and I'll usually be communicating with the deputy chief mm -hmm. or the chief saying, is this something we need to get out right now? Sometimes it is, sometimes, sometimes it may not okay. be. Uh, but it is, it is a great tool for us to not only to showcase what a great department we have, but to, to really just be in, in contact with the community and let them know, you know, what we are doing each and every day. Okay. Do you think that helps with the image of the police department and police forces in general? I think the social media presence probably does, but you can speak better to that. A absolutely. I, I, growing up, I, I had no contact with a police officer really growing up. And, um, but now at least people can, I've had people come up to me and say, oh, I, I've seen you, I, you know, I know you from Facebook or, right. you know, I've seen you on uh, the different things that we've done. And so people feel, you know, I think they feel a, a closer connection to us. And 
uh, when, when, we, when we do put things out about you know, arrests that were made or crimes that occurred, uh, the, su the support of this community is, is, is amazing. Excellent. Uh, they, they, they're, they're so supportive of us and, and we're, we're truly appreciative of that. Excellent. Paul, why did you become a police officer? And then I'm going to ask Matt the same question. Well, I believe it was kind of a legacy thing. My grandfather was a police officer for close to 40 years. And um, I think one of my earliest childhood memories was being able to, while sitting on his lap, drive his police cruiser um, down the driveway of his, uh, of his house uh, uh, that he brought home, uh, when he brought it home one day. So it, um, it is in the family, obviously. He uh, served uh, for a couple years on the Haverhill Police Department before he transferred to the Metropolitan Police. And he was a mounted officer, and I used to enjoy going down to the stables at the old at the Stone Zoo when they had the horses down there, and you know, and I used to get to ride the horse uh, when wow. I was you know three four years old, and, and stuff like that. So I think I really it it, it may have been something that was just uh, just put into uh, just put into my whole upbringing, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, Natural fit. You for know, you. E yes. So. Uh, when the time came, I, uh, you know, I said, this is something that I'd like to do. I had gone to uh, school for criminal justice. I had um, a keen interest in it, um, and uh, I wanted to remain in town. I didn't want to go to a, an outside agency or a large agency. I really, you know, I've lived in, I lived in town all my life, so this is really where I wanted to serve. I didn't want to be in a big city or I didn't want to be at a federal agency or I didn't want to travel in doing law enforcement, but I really wanted to stay here uh, in town and, and, the thing, and the things fit together right at the right time. And mm -hmm. I was able to get on at a young age. I was 22 when I started and um, it, uh, I'd served for 33 years and it seems like <laughs> it flew by. Right. <laughs> right. You know, the next thing you know, I'm putting in my retirement papers, and the next thing you know, it's three years after right. that right now. So, um, but I, it, it, I guess it started out in childhood like okay. that. Yeah. And yeah. you're still involved. You're, you're writing the stories. Sure, and sure. So writing I'm writing the stories. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm obviously good. very friendly with a lot of the police officers on, the, on a social setting. Mm -hmm. um, I, like I said, I live in town, so I see them all the time. Right. I, uh, I stop in to say hi. Uh, you know, they might say, who's this old timer coming <laughs> in <laughs> with the gray beard and everything? I don't know him. Who is he? Right. But there's usually somebody there that still knows me. And I stop in to say hi and, uh, you know, just to chat and, and, and stuff like that. And, Great. like, we are obviously working. We have been. We put our first story out on January 1st. Nice. And we just posted one maybe two days ago. Great. And how do we see that if we want to read these stories? How do we do that? So um, Matt is in charge of all the uh, the. Uh, posting of this. So okay. I, I kind of write the stories, uh, Word document, maybe I grab a couple of photographs that I think are suitable to go along with the story, then I'll email mm -hmm. them to Matt. What Matt ends up doing is he puts them on our social media page, primarily Facebook. Right. And then it is then linked to the department's website, WPD.org, okay. where they're kind of cataloged in a, in a link on the on the um, 
on the website 150 years of stories right where you can you know go to these links and um, uh, read these individual stories fascinating so, yeah. and Matt same question that I asked Paul what made you decide to become a police officer it, it, it was one of those things it was something I'd always wanted to do um, I majored in uh, criminal justice at Norwich University uh, and graduated and then ended up going in the business world for about eight years uh, so I started a little bit older than Paul I was uh, I was 30 uh, when I got on the Wilmington Police Department back in 2002 so I just mm -hmm. celebrated my 20th anniversary Congratulations! Uh, thank you so it, yeah that's it was something I'd always wanted to do and I, when I joined Wilmington I knew it was something special it's, it's Wilmington's an amazing department uh, I was I was fortunate to you know work with with Paul for a lot of those 20 years he was one of my field training officers I, I learned a lot from him uh, on being a police officer and, and and as well as the love of the department and love of the history of the department right. and, uh, he, when he retired, he handed me a big box of photos and said, I'm bequeathing these to you. These are the nice. historical photos. So uh, a lot of those are, are that we're, we're publishing in, in some of these stories. And uh, okay. we're working in some way to kind of make sure they all get saved digitally so they right. don't just so disappear can, to the ages. We can keep them. And you, unlike Paul, you went to the police academy first. Did you? Your journey was a little different? So my journey was, I was kind of the hybrid of what happens to him and then what happens now. So I started in July of 2002, uh, myself and uh, Officer Dan Cadigan, who's the high school resource officer, we started in July and we actually kind of did our field training before we went to the police academy. So mm. we did, we, we rode with officers for July and August and then we started the police academy in September. So we went to the police academy with a little bit of knowledge under our belt and then uh, we graduated, came out on the road, and I believe my second shift, they said we're short staff, so you are on your own to uh, wow. go police sector one. So, <laughs> wow. um, and compared to today, uh, when an officer gets hired, we typically don't see them until, as, as far as just the rank and file patrol force, we typically don't see them until maybe they, right before they go to the academy, sometimes we don't even see them until they're in the academy when okay. they come in to get things. Uh, and then once they graduate, they're in a 12-week field training program uh, where they are, are, are riding and, and, and working with experienced officers for 12 weeks to really make sure that they have all the skills that they right. need. Uh, and like you said, it's just, it, it's the way the times change and an officer today is doing a much different job than when I started and a completely different job than, than when Paul started. We're, we're dealing with a lot more mental health situations, right. uh, which, which, is, which does take up a lot more of our time than it used to. So it was a lot more critical thinking. It's a, it's right. a lot more paperwork. There's a lot more documentation that goes into the job now right. than it did in the past. And cybercrime. We didn't have cyber so we couldn't have had cyber crime but yeah. we have that mm -hmm. and substance yeah. use issues right have really uh have really uh put a burden on the community at a, a, as a whole um the, the police department the fire department social services um families in town um right. uh everybody is interconnected by by something that's mm -hmm. so devastating to the community right. i mean I, I i just saw on the news I think it was last night, mo most deaths ever from mm. from overdose this past year. 
and um, difficult times with the pandemic, yeah, people feeling the isolated yeah. too. Yeah, uh, so probably played a like role Matt in said, that. Mental health, what you what you said about cyber crimes. I mean, right. rarely a day goes by where somebody does not report some type of scam. Uh, and I haven't been there in several years, but Matt can attest to this. When when I walked out the door, I w when I when I my last year there, I was the community liaison officer, so I would be working in the community kind of doing these type of things, uh, making, uh, making residents aware of certain things. Right. Uh, trying like to a PR, yes, sort of, if it, you will, It was, I mean, you know? I, I could find myself over at the, at the senior center doing something, right. or I could find myself working with Lou Maglia down at the veterans uh, sure. office, or I could be out at a school or at the library or something. And I worked kind of hand in hand with Matt mm -hmm in his capacity as the social media officer during our last year. So we were working together on a lot of different things, uh, moving into uh, my, my final year mm -hmm. there. And Matt's kind of carried it on in, in the different things that he does, so. Cool. It's when you first started, the police station was just the police station, correct? That's correct. But now we have the public safety building, yes. which I didn't know when I first came. I'm from Tewksbury, but when I first got involved with Wilmington, mm. I was, where's the police station? Well, it's the public safety building. Mm. So how do you feel, Matt, about all of you being together? The fire department, uh, Samantha Reeve Kavanaugh is there to help with social issues and other things and, you know, all these things going on in one centralized location. Do you think that's a good thing? Yes, um, there's really we're each on our own side of the building between us and the fire department. Right. So it's not like we're bumping into each other. We each have right. our own space. So, right. uh, but you know, we we're responding to calls. If we're in the building, we're responding from the same location. Yes. So there's not too much interaction between us, but yes, as you me you mentioned, Samantha, our, our, right. our department clinician, that was something that was unheard of in his, right. in his time. And now we have, we have her working inside of our building, you know, alongside our officers. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, and she has been a, a valuable resource. Um. I would think it makes it easier if something big happens, you get to communicate more quickly than you could, say, in your day and age. Paul, you want to speak to that? Sure, yes. I just wanted to make mention about our public safety dispatchers also that form a link between the public and both the fire and police department and uh, uh, amongst ourselves within the not that I'm not there anymore, but right. with, within the building itself to have this type of uh, communication be available. Right. When I started, um, I answered the phone or another officer answered the phone and we were the only officer in the building, uh, especially on a midnight shift. I mean, the, the, there would be, no, there'd be two, two or three officers on patrol and there would be a station officer and he'd be the only one in the building. And we had a, uh, a little red phone that we picked up that connected us directly to the fire department if we needed the fire department. And that's really how communication went then. Right. And now it's a state-of-the-art type thing with highly skilled, highly trained uh, communication specialists there right. that do all the incoming phone calls, they do all the incoming radio transmissions, they do all of inter- you know, interdepartment communications within the building. So it, they, they form a, 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 an invaluable link uh, between them. So that's why it's able to work so efficiently right. um, as opposed to even when Matt started, um, we were only in the, the year he started, we had only been in the current building for one year. 
Wow. Uh, for probably less than a year. Um, and uh, it was, uh, it was a, an exponential change. The physical, the, the physical right. building itself led to, led to a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, noticeable improvements Excellent. across the board, I think, for both departments. And I also know that our police station has a opportunity for its residents to learn more about policing, the program where they can go and kind of learn about it, that transparency. That wasn't there when Paul was an officer. No, Can you talk a little bit about <coughs> how important that is for the community? Sure, yeah, we started our, um, our, our, our public academy. Yes. Um, a couple of years ago, we, we were able, we got some funding through the Cummings Foundation, which allowed us to kind of regenerate some of our community programs. And that was one of the things we did. And uh, it's, it's been very well received uh, we're, we're actually looking in the process of starting one for the fall. Uh, but what we do is we, we bring people in for seven or eight evenings over, over a period of weeks. And we talk about, we give them a tour of the building. We talk about uh, the court system. We talk about the, 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 the Massachusetts law system. We have our detectives come in night and talk about uh, drugs and some of the scams that they're working on and, and what they do on a daily basis. We give a whole night talking about what our patrol patrol division does. We do a, a we have them come in and we teach them the basics of CPR and choking. Uh, this year was the first time we actually brought them to our, our range in North Wilmington and we gave them a demonstration of the, of the various weapon systems we use. We talk about the, uh, a big topic these days is police use of force. So we kind of right. pulled down the curtains and said, this is why we do what we do with use of force. And this is what we're allowed to do. This is what we're not allowed to do. And this is why we do what we do. Uh, mm -hmm. And it, it was very well received. Uh, each class has been, you know, they've, they've come back afterwards to thank us and said they really learned a lot. What do you think us. that does for the police department? doing that. Oh, it I, it gives us a closer ties to the community, but what it does is it gives these individuals that come in more of a personal relationship right. with us so they can say, "Oh, I, you know, I, I know him. He's, you know, call him or call I met them at right. the Citizen Academy there, you know, and and it helps us to kind of reach those people that may be hesitant to notify us about something or to tell us something's going on where they say, "Oh, you know, call. I learned about this right. call. You should call Excellent. them right away." Uh, so it's a, it's a great outreach and, you know, any opportunities we have to kind of interact with the public in a more friendly way than, you know, we, unfortunately, usually when we're dealing with someone, it's usually a bad day for them. Right. Um, right. And so if we can deal with, you know, if we have interactions with people in a, in a positive light, we'll always, we'll always take those. Excellent. Paul, is there anything final you'd like to say before we wrap up today about the celebration or what it's like to protect and serve? Well, I'd like to uh, just inform everybody of, of what we're doing, especially with uh, the aspect that I'm involved with, um, telling these uh, various stories. We still have several more months, and we try to get we try to get two a month out, maybe three, and uh, there's still several that we haven't done. We're looking at uh, telling story of the Canine Corps and the SWAT team, and we're going to be doing a uh, probably a multi-part story on prohibition uh, oh, during the 1920s and the police department's involvement and what was going on around town it was a pretty at that time it was a uh, it was a pretty uh, interesting time uh, the time of bathtub gin and right. and liquor raids and and what have you so there's a lot of stuff out there that I plan on 
kind of uh, putting out there as uh, as an exciting mm -hmm. um, as an exciting aspect of the stories that we're telling. Excellent. So. And Matt, anything you'd like to share with us before we close today? Yeah, I, it's, it's I have learned uh, so much going through this process with Paul, um, and it, it, one of the, one of the things that I really enjoy doing is we have many of the handwritten log books uh, from from the 1930s, 40s, and 50s at our station. And to be able to flip through those and to see the handwritten log about the, the bombing of Pearl Harbor or the Coconut Grove fire right. uh, or the D-Day invasion. It actually says in our notes, the invasion has started. Uh, here wow. in Little Wilmington, they're, they're making note in the police log about the D-Day invasion. Uh, so, I, so I've learned a lot and it's nice to be able to, to reach out and touch that history. Uh, and I, I do invite people to come to our webs website read the stories. I'll, I'll leave a teaser about the young girl that was uh, was arrested after poisoning uh, a family uh, at, a, at a rooming house in North Wilmington. Wow. Uh, so we'll just leave the teaser yeah. for people to go okay. to our website and, and read about that. Excellent. I want to thank you both, especially you dressing up in your uniform for, on your day off to be with us. And Not a problem. Wearing the special badge and patches. <coughs> That's awesome. And thank you also, Paul, for all your years of service, too. Thank you. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. Appreciate thank you. having you both here. Thank you. So if you want to learn more about the police station <coughs> and history and all of that fun stuff, it's quite fascinating read. You should check it out. You can do that by going to the police station website, or you can also look on Facebook, and I'm sure you'll find the presence there. So thank you so much for watching and just reminding you the next time someone asks you where's Wilmington, you tell them right here and right here on WCTV. We'll be with you again soon.